0: Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 21 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak. I am your host. Joining me, as always, in the studio, my magnificent co-host... Matt have Collins, been
1: magnificent before
0: you are mag. Well, you're magnificent again. Okay. When when we were talking earlier today in our meetings, I thought, man, Matt is just in a magnificent <laughs> mood today. <laughs> magnificent mood, Matt. Anyway, so there we go. Wow. And then uh, joining us once again in the studio, our special guest, our lead
2: pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you, sir? Just one week. I'd like for you to start with me, so I could actually get a word. <laughs> okay. You know, awesome, I'm kinda, Adam, I'm kind of tired of this. You know, Every week it's Matt this, Matt that. You know, <laughs> right. here I'm just the guest. You know, I'm just sorry. once. I mean, come on. You need yeah. To, well. You need to do, do
0: that, man. yeah, our, our incredible guest uh, Adam Bishop, yes, uh,
2: awesome,
0: awesome, awesome, our, our
2: Adam. awesome, awesome Adam. Yeah, Actually, I, y'all know I'm kidding. So, <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to be here, <laughs> and I do agree that Matt is quite magnificent. That's right, among That's other things. Yes. That's right. So, how was everybody's weekend? Well, I ain't gonna talk about the weekend. Okay. Um, <laughs> since, since since last we met. I became a champion again. So right. and I haven't had a chance to gloat. So right. uh, I shall gloat. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the dogs brought it home and um I'm I'm still beside myself to think that in the same season the Braves and the Dogs won championships. It's just unreal. <laughs> I mean, I still I don't I mean it's it's unbelievable. So right. I don't know if y'all have taken the time to celebrate the win like I have, <laughs> but as you peruse the grand old internet, there's a lot of these videos that keep popping up of uh, what people did when uh, Keeley Ringo intercepted that ball at the end of the game, like right. the celebrations. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did not have a phone capturing the celebration in our house. But let's just say that had we had that, <laughs> our video could have been right up there near the top. Viral. All I can tell you is I went from... I'm I'm watching and all I'm thinking is Bryce is about to tie this game. Right. <laughs> it was already predetermined in sure, my head. I sure saw yeah. the end of the Auburn game. That's Sorry right. To keep yeah, yeah that up. it's okay. So I'm like <laughs> Bryce is going to lead him down. They're going to get the two-point conversion. We're going to overtime again. Right. Oh, I mean I just knew like this is where <laughs> this is headed. So that's like my emotional state. I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm not mad, I'm not upset. I'm just sitting there preparing myself like this that's where this is going to go. When he picked that ball off I immediately was, went from I had been seated to now I was just jumping up and down. Okay? <laughs> and I'm jumping up and down. And then this moment hit me where, like, he's going to score. So it was an instantaneous, okay, that pick just meant Bryce isn't going to do that. Oh, now we're going to win the national championship. So right. the very next thing I remember was Henry is here. Like, I'm holding him. I don't know how I picked him for up. For those I don't, of you
0: listening, Adam is holding Henry on his don't, arm. I don't remember picking him
2: up. I just remember jumping up and down, and he's in one arm. <laughs> and, and my other arm's in the air, and Sam and Jacob have latched onto my sides. I'm jump, So I got two of them on the side. Henry, I almost let go. He almost <laughs> went out of my arm because that's how high I was jumping and screaming at the same time. And, like, for that to happen in less than, like, three seconds, from that right. sitting like that to that level of celebration. And it was like— just pure jubilation, like spontaneous. <laughs> that just is what came out of me because it's been building right. for a long time. Yeah, 40 years, 41 right. years. Yeah. You know, I tell <laughs> Sam and Jacob, I'm like, guys, this is awesome. You're 10.
0: <laughs> you're 12. Right.
2: Like I've never, like never—you're seeing this for the first time. I am experiencing it the first time. And um I literally just went outside and then just started walking around for like 30 minutes. It was really cold. <laughs> but I was just like walking around like it like I can't believe this is happening. I can't right. believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. And I still kind of feel that way. Yeah. That we actually won. one. They had the parade in Athens on Saturday. So, you know, it's like 90,000 people in the stadium. There were another 40,000 people outside the stadium. Wow. Wow. And it snowed Saturday in Athens. Right. It was really cold. Yeah, 150,000 people. Athens is not a big town. Like and they're all there, kind of celebrating the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. So I know we have a lot of different fan bases represented. I was happy for Auburn when y'all won in twenty ten. Sure, I'm happy for the seventeen. Alabama's won over right. the last <laughs> yeah. ten years. Yeah, whatever. I figured <laughs> out <to do> <laughs> The right? dynasty. So, right. but I and I finally got my moment, right? And the dogs, we finally got our moment. And um, so, yeah, I had not had a chance yet to to really sure. celebrate that. We've lost listeners again, but I just wanted to take the moment to not talk about the weekend. I wanted to talk about the last week. It's been a great week. Well,
0: good. I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) Now, a couple things based on your story, Sarah. First, uh, you and I don't live anywhere close to each other, but when that moment happened, I could hear you from my house. (laughs) uh, Two. I could, too. That's right. That's right. Matt and I live close to each other. Uh, Two, when that moment happened, Kirby Smart, there's a picture, his vertical leap when that happened.
2: I mean, he went like 10 feet in the air. I didn't get as high as Kirby, but it was close. It was pretty impressive. pretty close. And I hung up—I now have a Georgia flag hanging up on my property. There you go. And it, and it shall remain for the next three—for <laughs> a whole year until the nas- next national championship, as long as it doesn't get vandalized right? <laughs> by someone yeah. who's like, get that out of here. But ironically enough, another friend of mine who's a huge Alabama fan— uh, lives out in Colorado. We, we were friends out there. He's the one who bought that flag for me when I moved to Colorado. Right. So it just comes full circle that a gift from an Alabama fan is <laughs> now hanging. I now get to right. hang as I live in Alabama. So, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. So That's awesome. Yes, it's been fun. Finally, I wanted to point out, you know, we made
0: predictions last week on this podcast uh, of what the score would be, and Matt yeah, he was, was the only one that's right. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt was like 28, I and I was <laughs> like, no, they can't score 28.
2: They scored 33.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, uh, well over. done, yeah. Matt. Yeah, We're proud what of that I you, win? Uh, you win respect, and uh, I'll buy you I'll buy you some coffee.
2: Okay, that's good. Yeah, uh, he good. might I'll need to be that. in our flag football league. Flag football. Fantasy, <laughs> fantasy football. football not league. Not flag, we could start a flag football I league. Would that would be awesome. But Matt, I mean, based I just be, on your skill, maybe Matt should be in the fantasy th- football league. Th- I think See, that
0: was makes, a beginner's luck there. That makes me not want to have him in there because he'll beat us every time, so we, we don't want that. <laughs> don't no, that. it
2: takes it takes some skill with fantasy football. That's true. But I don't know, just on that prediction, he might have earned his win. Well, Matt,
0: we're very proud of you, buddy. Thanks. Man, well done. Where's my coffee at? Right. Uh, I'll, I'll get it for you tomorrow. It's <laughs> not going to get my coffee. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, but no, yeah, so a great week, a uh, great Sunday. We continued our message series, Be a light. And uh, so I guess we're going to kind of jump into what we talked about. We talked about our words yeah. on Sunday and how to be a light in this world with our words. So I guess I'll kick off the uh, the conversation. You said yesterday that our words are very powerful. What makes our words so
2: powerful? I mean— They can build us up. They can tear us down. You know, the words uh, that help us the most are from the people we care about the most. The words that hurt us the most are from the people we care about the most. Mm. And words are something that we all have to use every single day. You know, sometimes we talk about stuff, you know, from God's word, and it can be applicable depending on the season of life you're in, depending on the relational dynamic. Are you single? Are you married? Are you a parent? Whatever. You know, words is everybody. Right. You know, we're all using words every single day. So... Um i've I've always um, felt like people can only go off of what they hear from another person, what they see, what they experience. Hmm. Many of us um, live where we wish people could see our hearts, hear our hearts, understand our intentions, see our motives, see it from our perspective. Words are what unlock all of that potential. Mm. If you use words the right way, other people can see things from your perspective. They can get to know you better. They can. But but if you can't use words wisely, if you can't be a light with your words, none of those things are going to happen. And Mm. unfortunately, what then occurs for a lot of people is who they are known to be isn't really who they wish they could be known to be. And words are the reasons why. So, yeah, words are one of the most powerful things in our life. So
1: if words are so powerful, Scripture tells us that it's no man can
2: tame their tongue. So how do we do that? You know what's Why great, is that so difficult? Do you know what's <laughs> great about that verse that well, James sorry. talks about <laughs> the animals that can't be tamed? So he talks about like, you know— Animals and creatures, but he throws in like sea creatures, right? Which makes me wonder: did they have like Shamu back then, (laughs) right? Like in the New Testament, it's an Aquaman reference. Yeah, like if you go to the Sea of Galilee exhibit, (laughs) like Shamu would come up. I mean, (laughs) I just thought can't tame that man. I knew they would like ride around on horses and like tame you know cattle and stuff, but it's in there. So somebody in the first century was taming some kind of sea creature. So anywho, um, no man can do that. Yeah, It's, it's impossible for us in our own strength to. To get our words under control. Right. That, so why is it so difficult to do that? I think most of us don't know how to think before we speak. Hmm. <laughs> We're very <laughs> yeah. impulsive with our words. Right. There's no gatekeeper, right? Mm-hmm. There's no filter. Filters. You know, I've worked hard over the years to develop a filter. I'm not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong filter. Here, I, that's right. <laughs> I, but I have told my wife numerous times, I should get credit for the things I don't say. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I tell her, like, if you only knew what I had stopped from coming out of my mouth, you'd be so proud <laughs> of me. That's right, yeah. And she's like, I don't want to know because you know what? <laughs> That's <laughs> not something to be proud <laughs> of. <What> you, did <laughs> you still generated the thought, you know? Right. And so, yeah, it's words are usually impulsive. Yeah. But have you ever been around someone who is more thoughtful with their words? Mm-hmm. They're not impulsive. They kind of take a second— They kind of get their thoughts together. Mm -hmm. There might even be like a silent pause before they speak. I really respect people like that. I want to be like that when I grow up, you know? So (laughs) I I want to be less impulsive with my words. I want to be more thoughtful with my words. I want to have a desire to let my words help another person rather than explain or clarify me, you know? And some Hmm. people do that really well with wisdom. Those are the people who they use words to shine their light for most of us, we use our words as a way to just try to get the rest of the world to understand or agree with us. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And we tend to be impulsive. Yeah. We tend to not use filters um, and, and all the rest. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's a real struggle for everyone. And hopefully, like any struggle, you can look at it and go, all right, I can see where I've grown some. Um, I'm not as bad as I used to be, but right. I'm certainly not where I want to be. Right. You know? And so I think words are a great opportunity for that with our spiritual growth. So this kind of ties into my next question. Uh, I loved
0: your analogy uh, in the message where you talked about how in every situation with our words, we can either throw water or gasoline on the fire. So I want to unpack that idea a little bit and I want to talk about like, why is it so easy to throw gas on the fire and so difficult sometimes to
2: throw water on the fire and make the situation worse or better? Oh, because we love being right. Okay. I mean, we're all really good at being right. You know? In <laughs> fact, we are. I'm pretty sure that I'm right Every time I'm trying to be right, Right. (laughs) you know, that's the whole (laughs) point of an argument. Right. Like, I want you to see my perspective. Um, Oftentimes in our attempt to be right, to be understood, to be listened to, we are actually pouring more fuel onto the situation. And here's why. We were more interested in what we were going to say than listening to what the other person had been saying. Hmm. And a lot of times what happens when you reflect, like, how did that ex- escalate? You know, it's like that escalated quickly. Like, how did right. that happen? <laughs> well, I didn't really listen to what the other person was saying. I had already started working through in my own mind what I was going to respond with. Right. And um, <clears throat> sometimes that will pour more fuel on it because we, we weren't listening. Mm. Yeah. And um, we've all done it. And sometimes when you're talking to another person, it's wise to just give up the right to be right. Like instead of trying to be right, can I try to listen to what this person is saying and see it from their perspective, understand where they're coming from, keep asking clarifying questions if needed before I respond? Now, listen, here's the thing. And I didn't go into this in the message because I don't have time. You can actually respond the right way and the other person still explode. Hmm. You know, you could actually pour water on the fire and they react like you poured gasoline on the fire. Interesting. You can't control another person. Right. You, you yeah. can't manipulate how someone else is going to behave. Right. So you can respond with kindness. You could respond with respect. You could respond with truthfulness. Yeah. And that other person may lose their ever-loving mind. That's not on you.
0: Right. Yeah. That's
2: not on you. And I think sometimes <clears throat> um, we, we have to be reminded of that, especially if you're in a, a relationship with a volatile person. You know, someone's listening and maybe they've got a friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a parent or a child and, you know, that person's a little bit more volatile and, you know, they've tried and that person keeps exploding. Well, that's on them, not you.
0: Right. right. So,
2: you know, we have to be <clears throat> realistic in how we say this. But I do think, you know, those personality types I described, I think that certain personality types can more easily pour fuel onto fires. Sure. I would fit into that personality type. I think um, if you if you like using words— Um, If you've ever been rewarded for using words in a way that did escalate conflict, Um, for example, I was on the debate team. I got a scholarship in college for arguing really well. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I was in college and uh, the debate coach offered me a a scholarship on the spot. And um, so I argue with anybody like we'd go argue. and, And that's what I did. I did that in high school. I did that in college. And You know, you're not personally attacking people, but you are trying to win this particular debate. Sure. And if you're Mm -hmm. good at that and you can lay out an argument and you can win a debate and you can win an argument and then you're getting rewarded for that. Mm. And and some people, that's actually a big part of their career. It's a big part Mm. of what makes them successful. Sure. So the tricky part with that is it then works against you in some of your relationships. Man, I mean, we were talking yeah. about football. You know, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban don't talk to their wives the way they talk to these guys on the sideline, right? <laughs> not. Or they wouldn't be married anymore. Right. But that skill set helps them win football games. It yeah. doesn't work well at home. Right. So, you know, I'm sharing this as an example to hopefully maybe encourage somebody listening. So for me, like that being my background— um, I've referenced before several times on the podcast, Morgan and I, first few years of marriage, you know, tough, mm-hmm. tough time. Right. <laughs> we were sitting with one particular marriage counselor. Um, we saw a few, but this particular marriage <laughs> counselor, he was like, and Morgan said something to the effect of it. It's really frustrating when you get into an argument with Adam because he, he covers like all of his bases. Like it's like an attorney. It's like a right. lawyer, you know? And I don't, uh-huh. I don't feel like he listens to me because he's just interested in winning the argument. She was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. It, well, I was not being fair at all. Um, I was so stupid, I didn't realize this is what I was doing, right? right? Because, And so the marriage counselor looked at me and goes, well, congratulations, you've proven you can win an, <clears> an <throat> argument. How's that helping your marriage? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's not. I'm in your office, Bob. You know, that's what right. I wanted to say, right? <laughs> so uh, I had to recognize that, and even like with, with what I do, like preaching, you know, talking, unpacking God's word. Okay, but like how I speak to my wife and my kids and my friends, you know, that's, it's, it's different. Now there might be someone else out there. They're introverted, they're quiet, they're shy. They don't know how to express themselves verbally. Um, they probably need to have some help growing in that area. Right. So those of us who, yeah. you know, speak first, think later, win the argument, prove the point, we need to kind of tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Those of us who don't speak up need to have someone encourage us to have the confidence to use our words. And so yeah. I think that's personality. I think that's background. I think that's family experience. I think it's personal experience. So it's kind of good to know where you are sure, on yeah. that spectrum yeah, so sure sure. that you can, you know, just get encouragement, help to grow wherever right. you're at in right. that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting because I'm kind of on the same page that you are. I tend to speak, speak first. first.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the three of us talk every week on a podcast. <laughs> That's right. <So> yeah, I <laughs> right. Think we're all in the same category. <laughs> exactly.
0: But, uh, you know, this discipline of listening has always been very difficult for me. and And one of the things someone told me one time was you need to make sure that you're listening and not just waiting for your turn to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was, really, that was really powerful, and so that's something that uh, every time I'm in a conversation with someone, especially if they are disagreeing with me or pointing out you know, something with me, I try to mm-hmm. listen instead of just waiting to prove to them why they're wrong. We, we right. get on the defensive. That's right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Instead of listening to what they're saying. That's right. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. It's like a freight
1: train just ready. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> for <go>. sure. <laughs> um, so speaking of words, how can we use our words to be a source of blessing for, uh, for others? I
2: think it's helpful to look for things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I gave the 30 day encouragement challenge and um, I said, be specific, just look for things that other people are doing well and then just tell them that they're doing them well. Um, You know, I've heard, I've heard it said before, you know, Jesus was really good about never being in a hurry. I think that's something that's helpful when you're around people, you know, walk slowly through rooms, walk slowly through your house, pay attention to what's going on around you with other people be quick to give compliments. If one of your children responds appropriately, tell them they just did. Sure. Yeah. Um, man, I I make that mistake a lot where you know I got three boys, and sometimes the way they talk to Morgan, I'm like, listen to me. That may be your mom, but that's my wife. Right. Nobody talks to my wife right. that way. Like right. I'm quick to come right. to her defense yeah. and help them understand. Like yeah. you can't speak to women that way. Right. But I'm not as quick to go out of my way when they speak to her the right way. Right. Right. You know, so I'm working on that. Um, That's one of the things when I hear them do it correctly, stop what you're doing. Even if you're in the other room, go into that room and say, hey, that was great. Mm -hmm. Good job. Yeah. So, you know, I think we just have to you know, it's so easy to just be numb to the world, mm. right. to lose our mind and our smartphone, and to lose our mind and our own thoughts, and to loo- and be so absorbed with whatever it is that's going on around us that we can be physically present without being emotionally present. We can mm. be physically yeah. present without really knowing what's going on, like reading <laughs> right. the room, sensing other people. Right. And if you work on that you'll probably see some things that you can begin to compliment, you yeah. know, and, and not be hokey or corny or lame, but just verbally, like, say yeah. things. And, you know, it, it's, it's fun to watch somebody light up when yeah. you give them, you know, an encouragement or compliment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you also talked about how in Luke chapter 5, uh, it says that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And then you, uh, you kind of use the example of people will say something maybe, you know, offensive or something will come out and they'll go, oh, that's not me. And But Scripture says, well, clearly it is. So my question is, if we say things we don't want to say, if we say things that we don't want to represent us, how do we change our hearts
2: and thus change our words? All right. So at all times when we are in control of what we're saying, we can fake anybody out. Right. So it's in the moments where you're out of control, when you're reacting when, you know, when the interception occurs and you're throwing your seven-year-old right, into the air, yeah. right? Like, so when you're mad, when you're frustrated, when you're upset, when you're caught off guard, when you, you know, hit your finger with the hammer. When you're hungry. You know, all, yeah, yeah, all Like those Snickers commercials. Right, yeah, exactly. They're so great, right? Golden. Exactly. Okay, so in those moments, which I think is what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. Um, we're saying that what you say is going to show what's in your heart. Right. Okay? Here's what you will reveal in those moments. What you've been filling your heart with. Mm. So if you don't like what's coming out of your mouth in those moments, it's time to take inventory with what you've been consuming. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. We sang when we were kids, there's something to that. Mm. If you fill your mind with garbage, garbage in, garbage out, you can fool everybody at all times. But when you're reacting, rest assured, whatever you have been filling your heart with is what will come out. This is why spending time in God's Word matters. This is why listening to worship music matters. I'm not saying you can't watch movies or you can't listen to secular music. I'm not saying go burn all your CDs at youth camp. I'm not saying any of those things, okay? But what I am saying is if you are overly consuming things that are not Mm Christ-centered, don't be surprised when that's what comes out. Mm -hmm. And it's always been a really good check for me. All right. That wasn't good. We'll reflect over the last five to seven days. What have you been filling your mind with? And it is amazing how those things always correlate. Conversely, there are times when I should have said something bad and I didn't. Right. It was like the presence of God and the calming of the Holy Spirit kind of showed up in the moment. Well, what's going on there? Well, you reflect over the last five to seven days, you'll probably find your answer too. (laughs) So, you know, I don't always get this stuff right. Um, but, but when, when I get it right, and and if you're listening, when you get it right, pay attention. Well, what's been happening in my life? When you get it wrong, pay attention. What's Mm. been happening in my life? And, um, I've just always seen that principle play out that when you are not in control of what you say, what you've been filling your heart with is what will come out.
1: Mm. So let's talk about the big three, gossip, uh, complaining and cursing why are they toxic, and how
2: do we remove them? Well, I thought we could have fun with these today. So <laughs> okay. we, we can first of all decide who do we want to gossip about, right? Then we'll all go around all right. and share our biggest complaint and then our favorite curse word. <laughs> So this should be a really exciting Woo! part of the podcast, yeah, exactly. right? All right. Mark. On the That's board. right. Um, yeah, this one's going to get us banned from Apple. So right. our, I think we'll probably get more
0: people to listen to it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, yeah, I mean, gossiping is one of the most toxic things you can do with your words, yeah. hmm. and— um. it it is so hurtful when you find out that you've been gossiped about. Right. Um, Man, and, and you know, when I find that out or, you know, when you find that out, like we all want to come to our defense and prove Mm -hmm. the other person wrong, and sometimes that just makes it worse. You Mm -hmm. just have to leave it up to the Lord to take care of it. But, um, you know, there's two things on that. Like, one, just be mindful of the gossip that you have the potential of, of spewing. Mm-hmm. So don't 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 be that person. The second thing is be incredibly mindful of the person who's trying to get you to be a listening ear to their gossip, mm.
1: yeah.
2: Um, and just figure out some ways to uh, deflect that. You know, hey, let, let's let's talk about something else. You know, L- let's not talk about that right now. Yeah. Right. Um, and if you say that to another person and that upsets that person and they don't want to talk to you anymore, that may ultimately be the best thing. Yeah. Um, when someone's gossiping to you, they will then gossip about you. Right. So you gotta be use wisdom with the things that you tell the person who's gossiping. And then certainly we could bring social media into this. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what gets positioned as refined thought is nothing more than gossip. <laughs> so, you know, be very careful about the things you share, the things you right. say. I mean, we have entire Christian industries now that make podcasts off of gossip. Right, yeah. You know, they talk about about another pastor, and people subscribe to it, and then they discuss it on social media, and this is somehow helpful for the kingdom. Mm
1: -hmm. So, like,
2: that's the world we now live in. So you've got to have wisdom with with what you let into your life. And Mm -hmm. I think you've just got to throw that defense up that gossip is not going to have a part of— of things because ultimately it's just it's tearing your you down from the inside out. Yeah. Right. You know? and, right. and so we've got to. Yeah. I said in the message, part of walking with the Lord is getting rid of some things in our life. Yeah. It's not always about what we add to our lives. It's what we can get rid of. And gossip is one of the main things we got to get rid of. Mm. Um, yeah. Complaining, yeah, we can. I mean, everybody can complain about something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a difference between complaining and verbalizing an issue that needs to be addressed. Those are two totally different things. Sure. You can address something that needs to be fixed, needs to be restored, needs to be discussed. I'm not saying, you know, Pollyanna, skip through fields, everything's okay. Right. There are times we have to discuss problems. One of the things, one of the high values um, here for our team at Vaughn Forest is we like to discuss problems without assessing blame.
0: Right. Right. So
2: we can talk about challenges, problems, what needs to be fixed, but we don't do it where we assess blame. Right. We we never do that. And so- But, you know, to just complain, it isn't doing anything. It isn't being helpful at all, you know. And so, again, just it's one of those things we just need to get rid of. And then the third one is, you know, cursing. I I do think that one has a lot to do with what was modeled for you, Mm -hmm. um, who your friends were. You know, Mm -hmm. if every friend you ever had cursed like a sailor and your parents cursed like a Mm -hmm. sailor, you probably sound like a sailor. You know, (laughs) so it's hard to kind of, you know— you got to surround yourself with some new people, new music. I've talked to lots of new Christians over the years who told me one of the biggest things they did after they came to faith in Jesus Christ is they started listening to nothing but Christian music. Mm-hmm. And that that helped fill their mind and helped them work yeah. on the cursing. So it comes back to, to filling your mind with that, and then yeah. I've seen you know people have like a jar in their house, and every time they say a cuss word, they they put a ten dollar bill in that jar. It's amazing how quickly they'll stop cussing. Right. So you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know find something. what you need to do, you know, to rid right. your you know vocabulary of that because yeah. it's certainly not you know edifying or bringing in, you know any praise or glory to God. Yeah. Mm. So uh, you mentioned
0: this thirty day uh encouragement challenge. And we talked about it you know, briefly earlier in the podcast. So what is this 30-day encouragement challenge? How can folks get involved? What, what is that? How does it help us?
2: Yeah, just look for one thing a day that you can encourage someone. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the conversation with your spouse, like maybe we need to get a different vehicle. Um, you know, this time last year, I had started thinking like, I think I want to get a truck. You know, I'd never had a truck before, but I was like, you know, I want to, I want to get a truck. I remember I talked to Matt about trucks because Matt knows a lot more about trucks than I do. And,
1: you know, my, <laughs> I don't bro- know about my that, brother, my but- brother,
2: no, you did. My brother has a truck. My dad has a truck. My brother-in-law has a truck. I called everybody I know that has a truck. I'm asking them about trucks. I'm trying to, you know, all right, you know, Ford, you know, Chevy, GMC, you know, Toyota. I'm, sure. I'm trying to learn everything about trucks. It was like everybody on planet earth drove a truck from that point on. <laughs> I could notice nothing but trucks around me. Right. I mean, every time I'm in a red light, I'm like, I'm the only one here that's not in a truck. There's trucks everywhere, every color, every make, every model, every year. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. But they had always been there. I had just, I didn't start noticing them until trucks were on my radar. Sure. Okay. It's the same thing with this. Hmm. If, if you'll make a commitment like that, it's amazing how you will start noticing opportunities to give someone some encouragement. Hmm. That's the power of taking that next step. Sure. It's just like me going, I think I might buy a truck. I pay attention out of trucks. If you take the next step, you will begin to see opportunities and just sure. one a day. Um, and, you know, we take for granted sometimes the power of that tangible challenge um, my seven-year-old, Henry, uh, just yesterday asked us um, at the dinner table, did everybody do their encouragement today? <laughs> so he was listening. That's you know, awesome. He was watching the message online, and he was listening. And even a seven-year-old can understand One once a day I'm supposed to encourage someone – Hey, did the rest of you guys do that? you know. That's really cool. So, yeah, if someone didn't do that, um, you know, I'm challenging you right now. You know, stop what you're doing and sure. commit to, sure. <laughs> to the 30-day <laughs> encouragement challenge. If you want to send us an email, we'll put you on the list because yep. I am going to send out a couple of video reminders and fun stories along the way. But, um, man, if, if our church was known for that in our community— hmm. You know, hey, I don't know a lot about Vaughn Forest. I've never been there, but I'll tell you what, everybody I meet from there is so encouraging. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> i take that. Yeah, right? Right? for you sure. Like being a light. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it matters with, with, with these kind of things. So, you use some great
1: examples uh, in marriage of wisely communicating our wants, needs, and expectations. What are those examples, and how can we use those in uh, like friendships and outside of marriage? All right, I'm going to tell a story. This is going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm so, sorry,
2: Morgan. I didn't mean to bring this up. <laughs> uh, my grandparents and Morgan's grandparents, unfortunately, in the last—well, I say unfortunately. They all lived amazing lives. They're all with the Lord. Mm. Um, they all made it to, like, 90, you know, but they've all passed in the last, you know, five to six years. Mm-hmm. And that's a totally different generation, and I don't want to stereotype generations because someone who's 90 years old right now might be listening and going, <laughs> that's not me at all. right, right. It. But one of the things about Morgan's <laughs> grandfather that I just found fascinating and hilarious at the same time was he would sit in his recliner at their house. Uh-huh. And when he wanted something like a refill of his sweet tea or, or whatever, he would ring a bell. Oh. And his wife <laughs> would go get whatever he wanted and bring it to him, right? Okay. So the first time I saw this, I bought a bell. Oh, you know? no. And I went home and I was like, hey. That man's got some wisdom, you know. I could use some more sweet tea. I'm ringing the bell. What do you think Morgan oh, did with that bell? <laughs> <Probably right. laughs> now, how soon after this did the marriage counseling start? It <laughs> started immediately now, after. Now that. we get to the genesis of the counseling
0: so, no, Matt and I,
2: I totally understand that. I did, we get it. I did not buy the bell. I knew what my <laughs> wife would do it, with huh? that right. bell. <laughs> But I remember, like driving home and asking her, "Was that for real?" And she's like, "Yeah, and that's you know how they operate." Wow. So for for whatever reason, <laughs> we can critique and we can judge. And I told you, I'm in trouble now for telling this story. That was how expectations were communicated. <laughs> <laughs> Ringing of a bell. bell. Well, all right. Well, so for the rest of the world,
0: th- don't that's don't use a bell.
2: <laughs> not going to be a wise way to communicate what you want, need, or expect. Okay? Sure. So you don't – let's talk to men for a second. One of the things I always tell men if you're married, here's some good news. You don't have to understand women. You only have to, stand, have to understand one woman. Right. big difference, okay? <laughs> so don't try to understand women. Just try to get to know your wife. Hmm. Figure out how she's wired. And then you've got to use wisdom with how you communicate, you know, wants, needs, and, and expectations. So, you know, let's just give a couple of real practical things. Hmm. You know, one, use wisdom with timing, Mm-hmm. You know if if you need to talk with your spouse about something that's significant, it's wise to pick a good time to have that conversation. Sure, yeah. not when he or she walks in the door from work. they're exhausted yeah. from a day. You don't want to you know just spring that on them, you know right um, It's helpful to give your spouse a heads up. like, hey, there's mm-hmm. something I'd like to talk with you about. Um, But I want to make sure that, you know, you're ready for the conversation. So maybe tonight after we put the kids down, do you mind if we just sit down and talk about something for 10 or 15 minutes? Most spouses will do one of two things. They'll either go, okay, or they go, let's just talk about it right now. What's on your mind? Right. So you're trying to verbally give them an opportunity. That's just using wisdom. The other thing is you've got to remove two words from your vocabulary in marriage. There are two words that should never show up in any marriage, and those words are never and always. Mm-hmm. When you use the words never and always in a marriage, you're just inviting toxic stuff into your marriage. Sure. You never help me with this. You always talk bad about me to your friends. You, the moment you use never or always, all your spouse has to do is respond with one time, but that's not the truth. Right. The and <laughs> they've won the argument. That's right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to remove, you, you remove never and always. And then the third thing, just getting real practical here, using wisdom with how we communicate, what we want, need, or expect is learn how to speak towards actions without attacking the person. Hmm. And then own your own emotions. So, you know, you can't tell your spouse, you know, you make me so angry. Mm -hmm. Like that's a conversation killer. There's nothing that that person can do but defend themselves. Right. Right. So instead of saying, you make me so angry, here might be a better approach. When I'm trying to talk to you and you continue to look at your phone and ignore me, it makes me feel like you don't love me, and that in turn makes me feel very angry. Okay, well, now we can get somewhere because you pointed out what the person's doing, and the person has a choice. Mm -hmm. They can keep looking at their phone like a jerk, or they could put it down Sure, because their spouse just told them this is making them feel angry. All of those little things are just using wisdom with how you communicate what you want, need, or expect, and to the extent that you work on those, uh, you will find things that work well. I mean, there's sometimes you try something and your spouse goes, what? <laughs> you know, all right, well, you just figured out, like, that's not how my spouse wants to be communicated with. Sure. All right, let's yeah. take that one off the list. Sure, right? right. But then there's other times, you know, you, you try a certain thing and, and your spouse is like, okay. So, you know, I, I'll tell you the <clears> thing that makes relationships so difficult and this sounds so difficult and someone's listening to this right now going that's just ridiculous like, you mm. really have to do all that kind of stuff you have to work so hard to keep a relationship good mm. yeah if you don't work every single day on your marriage on your parenting on your friendships, they will, by default, become very unhealthy. Mm. Right. Yeah. Healthy marriages aren't two people who are very just passive in their marriage and just kind of get along and they were made for each other. Right. None of that crap. <clears throat> Healthy marriages are two people who are both working really hard at this kind of stuff. Yeah. And sometimes it's like two steps forward, one step back. We learned a few things Sure. we didn't like that. We we're working yeah. on this. Um. That is the wisdom that's needed. Yeah. When, when you're just kind of acting like it'll happen, mm-hmm. that's not wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, can you use these outside of, like, any of these outside of uh, marriage, like in friendships?
2: and Most of the helpful communication skills that I've learned that helped me and other dynamics I learned <clears throat> in marriage. I think marriage is God's greatest tool of discipleship if we'll submit to it. Interesting. Morgan knows me better than anybody else. And she has helped refine so many areas out of my life um, by God's grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, God didn't allow Morgan and I to get married just so we could be happy. Right, He right. allowed us to yeah. get married to help us become more like Christ. Now, right. in the process, if we experience some happiness along the way, praise God, that's what we want, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the ultimate goal is we become more like Jesus. Yeah. And when God's using a marriage to help two people become more like Jesus, <clears throat> other people should feel the benefits of that too. right? Yeah, right. so these things we're talking about with wisdom— yeah, coworkers, uh, friends. If you're a supervisor, the people who report right, to you. Right. If you report to someone else, the person you report to, right? right? Yeah. If you're a student, you've got teachers or coaches. You know, If you're a kid listening and you've got a parent, mm-hmm. whoever it is in your life that you're speaking to, it, yes, all of yeah. the things that I said there, if you would also put those into practice, you will see a benefit in those yeah. areas of your life as well. Awesome. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Your last point
0: from your uh, your message on Sunday was that we should start our day with praise. And uh, one of the things you said was starting our day with praise can shift our entire perspective for that day. So why is that? And then again, we always like to be super practical here. What are some practical ways to start our day with praise?
2: I remember when I was 19 years old, I heard Ike Riker, uh, the first pastor I ever worked for, say this. I was in college at the time. I wasn't working for him. Um, and I was at home for a, co- a weekend or whatever, and I went to North Star and he was preaching. And I remember him saying it, and I wrote it down, and I still have the journal I wrote it down in, um, because it became foundational for me. He said, you got to get to a place in your life where you worship God for who he is, not what he gives.
1: Mm. Wow. And yeah. I can tell
2: you that up until that point in my life, most of my worship would probably have just been for what he's given me, oh, wow. which I was raised not to take things for granted. So yeah, I mean, I got a house, and I got a car, and I'm wearing clothes, and mm. I just ate a meal. Like, right. those are all really good things that God has given but in our lives if we're not careful our our default for worshiping and praising God will always be that list instead of simply who he is. Mm-hmm. So God is worthy of our worship at all times, simply for who he is. Mm-hmm. So at all times, regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of our circumstances, we can worship him quite simply for who he is. So there's a lot of days that's where I start. <clears throat> yeah. Like, God, I want to just thank you for who you are. I want to worship you for who you are. That's really good. And so, you know, when you start there, um, it's just amazing how the closer you get to God, the the things of this world begin to fade. Isn't that what the old hymn says? Yeah. There's a lot of truth yeah. to that. Yeah. So God has not moved. If I feel like God is distant. So when I praise him, I sense his presence in a greater way. It doesn't necessarily change the bad things in my life. It just changes my perspective on mm-hmm. them, yeah. which in turn helps my heart, which in turn helps my words, and now my attitude and everything else. Mm-hmm. So – you know, if you really believe that and if you access that every single day, there's really not a lot that can slow you down. You're going to go through really difficult seasons. Life is painful and there's going to be challenges and there's going to be hurt and there's going to be heartache. Sure. Yeah. But you can always worship God. You can always praise God. And um, the, cra- the crazy thing is God doesn't need our praise, but he inhabits the praise of his people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, there's something going on there. But it's a very powerful thing when we, when we stop and we praise God. And if you don't have a habit of doing that in your life, um, I really think you're missing out on a huge part of what it means to just have the joy of the Lord Hmm. in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we develop that habit of praise? Find a good time of day that works for you. Okay. Um, you know, everybody's wired differently. I actually just read yesterday and now I'm going to follow up and read on this more because I'm very curious to learn about this, Hmm. that we have three to four productive hours a day. Interesting, and huh? um and so the key to being productive is figuring out what you need to do in that time and then what you need to do in the other time because it's not uh, like after yeah. three hours you can go home like there's <laughs> right. still other stuff you got to do I, don't, right? I only right. got three yeah in a day, that's man. it you got three <laughs> I'm in. I'm out know? well you know good luck D when you get home Matt like <laughs> <laughs> I already gave my three hours to <laughs> Forest you know sorry that's honey. it that's, that's all I right. got so I'm in, I'm I'm intrigued by this idea um but I do think you know to use more common language some of us are morning people sure some of us are night owls. Some of us, you know, that last hour before lunch, we are like the Snickers commercial. You <laughs> right. know, some of us, that first hour after lunch, we want to take a nap, you know. Yeah. So learn your rhythms of, of your body and, and your, you know, pattern and, and, you know, figure that out and then choose the time of the day where that's going to bring about the most fruit. For me, that is the morning.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was a night owl for years. For years, I was a night owl. And then, um, interestingly enough, we moved to New York City, the city that never sleeps. I flipped and became a morning person. <laughs> so um, I'm now like totally a morning person. I get up early. Sure. My favorite time of the day is the first, you know, five to six hours of the day. And then for the rest of the day, like I'm, I'm having to, you know, say, all right, Lord, you know, give me the strength, give me the strength. But those first five or six hours, we're rolling. So for me, you know, it's going to happen during that time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, for someone else, you know, it might be at a different time of the day. So, you know, you don't want to be a legalist about it, right. but you know, try a few things and see what works. If it doesn't work, for goodness sakes, don't keep doing it, right? right? You know. <laughs> right. I'm, they told me to do it this time of day. No, try some different things, sure. you know. Try it in your car, try it at home, try it in the shower, try it with your kids, try it alone, try I don't care. Like just try it and then if you find something that works, keep doing it, then you'll get the habit. And the great thing about habits, Habits either pull you forward or they hold you back and you don't even know it. Mm. Uh So when habits are helping you, you don't realize it. When they're hurting you, you don't realize it. And it's not until you get further down the road that it clicks one day and you can look back and go, wow, look at the progress I've made. Right. Or, oh, wow, how did I end up here? Yeah. Mm. So, you know, you want to be intentional at first, but if you can't find that, that, that place, that season, that window, whatever, time... That it feels natural, you won't even give the habit a shot. Right. Mm. Find that and then stick with it. Keep doing. Put a reminder in your phone. Do whatever you need to do. Keep. And if you do it for thirty days, it's uh, before long you won't have to be telling yourself to do it anymore. Mm. It will be mm. just as natural as I eat breakfast in the morning and lunch at lunchtime and dinner in the evening. Like it will become right. like that for your life, and that's the ultimate goal. I, I try to get. Um, I'm trying to teach my boys. Um, that they should worship God the same way they brush their teeth. What do I mean by that? You know, it's hard to get little boys to learn how to brush their teeth. Sure, My boys would go (laughs) weeks without brushing their teeth if I would let them when they're little. Right. When they're little. But you stay at it. You stay at it. And then there's a certain point in their life, and thankfully we're now at that point with all three of them, we're like, it's more of me asking reminders. Hey, everybody remember to brush your teeth this morning? Right. Nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. Okay. So they're now at a point in their life where like that habit's been built, mm-hmm. but someone had to help them build the habit. Right. You right. Know? So it's the same way with these other things. Like at first you're going to have to have reminders, you know, in your phone or with other people. But if you keep doing it, it can be like brushing your teeth. Yeah. It's yeah. just something you do. Right. And yeah. that's ultimately where <clears throat> we want to get when we walk with the Lord that these things become habits in our life.
0: Well, I think that's a good place for us to kind of begin to wrap up today. I've really, you know, I enjoyed the series talking about being a light, talking about being a light with our words. Looking forward to continuing it this Sunday, 9, 30, and 11. Uh, But before we go today, I want to talk about our upcoming series again. Uh, It's Not Just a Phase, uh, Parenting in a Post-Pandemic World, which is going to kick off February 6th. And uh, can we just talk about that a little bit? What Mm -hmm. can folks look
2: forward to with that? And why is it such a good series to invite your friends and family to? So we came up with the title of the series, It's Not Just a Phase, back around Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, um and now this week, Montgomery Montgomery Public Schools are back virtual. Uh-huh. Uh, Pike Road yeah. Schools, everybody's wearing masks again. So if we were kind of on to something, like it's <laughs> right. not just a phase, <laughs> right. right? This, this is kind this is this, this, of is the world we're in. Yeah. So then, you know, parenting in a post-pandemic world, we're not in a post-pandemic world. The idea there— is we're now parenting in a world that didn't exist before this pandemic began, that's right. and that's not going to change. And yeah. if anything, the last two weeks, here locally at least, has been a good reminder of yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, how do you continue to shift, adjust, adapt? Can I even say the word pivot anymore? Yeah. You know, I think we've outused that <laughs> yeah. one. But that is our landscape. And just about the time we all feel like we're settling in You're gonna have to adapt again. That's right. This is true in every area of our life with our kids at school, with our career, with how we manage this, with how we manage that. How are you responding by adapting as parents? Mm -hmm. And for many parents, they're so consumed emotionally with responding for how to adapt for themselves that the kids are just kind of getting drug along in the process. Right. Mm -hmm. And what we're gonna try to do in this series is elevate them to the forefront and go, let's make sure that in this season, through parenting, through education, through what we do in our children's ministry, that we are keeping what's good for them in mind. And then Mm -hmm. we are leading, adapting, and adjusting accordingly. And what does God's Word have to say about that? Because as I study God's Word, here's what I see. Very few seasons of stability. God's people are constantly having to adapt and shift and adjust. So God's Word has a lot to teach us about how to have wisdom in seasons like this. And uh, the goal is that it's a super helpful and encouraging series. Yeah. We're not trying to come down on anybody. We're not trying to say who's doing it right and who's doing it wrong. Sure. We're just trying to see what God's Word can give us to guide us because I do think all of us could use some guidance.
0: Absolutely. And, yeah. I, and I love this idea of teaching parents how to not just survive but to thrive yeah. even in the ever-changing landscape you know if we you live wait in today. for the
2: circumstances to change before you start to thrive again good luck <laughs> yeah that's right how about thriving now yeah and that's kind of what we're going to go for
0: in that's this series. that's really good well i'm looking forward to that Me too. i think it's going to be a really great series uh so that's a good spot for us to kind of wrap up today this has been yeah. a great discussion i've really I, I love the practicality of what we're talking about with this be a light series and how we can instantaneously take Uh, these principles from God's word and apply them to our lives and and put them into practice. So thank you so much for that. So yeah, on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, and myself, thank you so much for listening in, for watching, and we will catch you guys next time.